What would you say if I told you there is a place where the infant mortality is up to 300% higher than it is throughout the United States, or that the teen suicide rate is 150% higher? Unemployment is nearly 80%, and some 38% of the people are without health care. It's a place where, if an ambulance or a police officer is needed, it can take two to four hours for them to respond, and the nearest fire department is 40 miles away. It sounds like a third world country, but it isn't. It's life on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in southern South Dakota. And today, we'll look at a history of mistrust, ministry among Native Americans. I'm Rick Shields. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Doorways Ministry Network podcast. On this episode, I'm talking with my new friends, Gus and Terry Craven, who have ministered among Native Americans for over 25 years. Gus is an enrolled member of the Aglala Lakota Sioux Tribe on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in southwestern South Dakota. They currently live on the reservation in the town of Wanbley and serve as the pastors at the Eagle Nest Life Church. Thank you, Gus and Terry, for joining me on this episode today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Rick. We appreciate it. Where you're at, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, is one of the larger reservations in the U.S. I think it's the second largest. First largest is the Navajo Reservation. My brief research shows it's 2.1 million acres, or it's over 3,400 square miles. And though it may be really large geographically, its population is really only around 20,000 people. And that's under six people per square mile. And that alone has provided some unique ministry challenges. What are some of those challenges that you face because of that low population per square mile and that big geography? You know, one of the things is, like for an example, um, with the tire repair, uh, you know, there there's communities 40 miles from us if you're going to go get a tire fix. And people like to shop at Walmart. Uh, we're 100 miles from a Walmart. Uh, we have one to the west of us in Rapid City. We have one to the east of us in Pierre. And that's uh, just, it's not fair. Let me tell you, that's not fair because <laughs> I i can go out a half mile up the street to the north and a half mile to the west, and I've got a Walmart in my neighborhood market. Or, yes, or I go out, I go out and I go south three miles, and I've got a big Walmart super center. And I can't imagine what it's like to have to drive 100 miles just to go to Walmart. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know, the sad part of it is for us here on the reservation is, uh, a prime, I mean, for the distance wise, but there's a lot of people that struggle with transportation. Uh, there's a lot of people that struggle with gas just to get oh, yeah. to someplace, uh, you know, and with the high cost of gas, so on and so forth, that makes it difficult. Uh, you know, we do have a grocery store here in our community of Wombly uh, with a small gas station. But if uh, let me just share this, that if you have a diesel, a vehicle that runs by diesel, you got to go 40 miles to get diesel because the gas station does not have diesel. Yeah. So you got to use diesel to get there and you've got to use diesel to get back. You better have a pretty big tank. I was going to say, like our community, Wombly, there is a population is maybe around 700 plus. And then in our district, Eagle Nest District, there's Wombly and Five to 15 miles, there's other little communities surrounding our community. Mm-hmm. So there's like Georgetown, Lakota Funds, uh, Heisel, 
So for us to get to those communities is very difficult. And yeah. for those communities to get to us is very difficult. Those communities don't have any meeting areas like a community hall or anything like that. So to minister in those communities is is pretty difficult. The history of the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation contains stories of some major conflicts that have occurred at Pine Ridge. Uh, there's the Wounded Knee Massacre of December 1890. As many as 300 tribal members were killed or wounded, and though, though it's not funny, it's kind of interesting, Around 65 members of the U.S. Cavalry were killed or wounded through what was considered friendly fire or soldiers shooting other other soldiers. There was the occupation of Wounded Knee in 1973 with a two-and-a-half-month standoff with U.S. law enforcement. The Pine Ridge shootout in 1976 and the subsequent death of the activist anime Aquash. Does a history of past mistrust and violence impact your ministry opportunities today? What do you think? Yes, sir. You know, I was down in this area during the takeover at Wounded Knee. So I do have firsthand knowledge of that episode. And I can tell you that uh, the unrest and the uh, turmoil uh, mm-hmm. was very horrific. That unrest and that, that spiritual, uh, if you will, mistrust and that anger towards, uh, if you will, the white man has, has I mean, it's uh, it, it's still there because there has been so many atrocities towards the native people throughout the years. And Rick, you know that as well as I do that uh, the hurts and the pains, uh, even though they're uh, they're sometimes pushed back, uh, a lot of times they, they don't go away. And, yeah, they don't. And, 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 you know, and so like I, I'll give an example of, uh, you know, being if you're familiar with what they call the boarding school era. And I am. And and this is when you know the this was all done, if you will, under the auspice of Christianity, or uh, uh, if you will, the auspice of the church. The native kids were literally dragged out of their homes and loaded on buses. Uh, my family wagons. Oh, and yeah, and and they they were taken. Uh, they would take them to these boarding schools. They shave their heads. They take off all their clothes. Make them put on these uniform type things. And so all of that uh, anger uh, from generation to generation has been handed down. Uh, you know, an individual it told me that they would line them up uh, on these uh, these knee rails. And my mother was raised during this boarding school era. And she talked about how they would line them up on, on the, the rails. And they had all these things that they were to uh, recite. And, these, and if they weren't recited correctly... Uh, they would take their shoes off and they would slap the bottom of their mm. feet. Now, all of that said is that, and we know that the enemy is the father of all lies. So he takes those lies and he just conveys them from generation to generation and keeps the fire stirring for the anger, the mistrust. And and if you will, uh, you know, they, when I come along and I say, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Christian and, you know, right away the flags go up because you're one of them. We've all been traumatized in some way. Yeah. And we've been abused as children. We've been abused as adults. We've been traumatized mm-hmm. in some way. And God wants us, he wants to bring healing to us. Yeah. That what you said, that we're a different kind of church. We are. Because we want to bring the healing balm of Jesus. Yeah. And we want to bring to tell you that 
you know, through forgiveness and love that there can be healing Mm -hmm. come. We can be restored, you know, but to get get them to understand the process. Uh, You get past that initial introduction and get a chance to see who you are. Yeah. But getting past that first part is really difficult. It is. And and not only that, but conveying to them that it's okay to be an Indian and to be a Christian. Yeah. You, you when you become a Christian, you 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 don't, if you will, lose your nativeness, if that's such a word. Sure. Uh, you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Is that sure. but to convey that and to get that across is I mean, that's just one more obstacle. That you know the enemy uses to to hinder uh, the people from coming, if you will, over to the church. Over and the to wonderful Jesus. redemptive analogies that exist in Native American culture that can be used to help them realize: No, this is we're talking about God. We're talking about His love for you. And right. I, I think those are those are great. Gus and Terry, I can't help but notice some difficult demographics associated with the Pine Ridge Reservation. I noticed that fifty-seven percent live below the federal poverty line, and that is nearly four times higher than the national average. In 2020, the U.S. Census Bureau reported a median income of just under $37,000, and that's about 50% less than the national average. 38% are without health care, and that's almost five times higher than the national average. So Pastor Gus and Terry, Pine Ridge looks to me like a pretty hard place to live. So why is it so difficult? You know, here's a couple more thoughts on these statistics is that, you know, why is it that we have a suicide rate for our teenagers that's been rated at 150% higher than the national average? Why is our infant mortality rate almost 300% higher? Why is our school dropout rate sometimes rated over 70%? Well, one of the reasons why is because of our if you will, the unemployment on this reservation is 85, 70 to 80, 85% percent uh, reservation wide. And so when you have those kind of uh, surroundings and, and you stop to think about, uh, like for, for an example, it, like living in an inner city uh, without the city, okay? So we have Indian Healthcare, IHS, uh, Indian Healthcare Service, it is provided and, and we have an ambulance service, but there are times that it takes between two to four hours for an ambulance to reach its destination. Or a police officer. Or a police officer. We live 40 miles from a fire department. And that's mm-hmm. where that's where we have to focus, Rick, on the point that the enemy keeps the pain alive with, uh, with wounded knee. A horrific thing that happened. And uh, my understanding is we've, we've got to pass some bill or something that they're going to try to build a, a monument and a memorial there and, and do some work there. And But my point is, is that there's so much hurt that is right there that has goes from reservation wide that uh, you, you, you just have to understand that, you know, the pain is evident no matter where you go, because when you say wounded knee to the majority of the people, they understand what it is, uh, the atrocity. When you say Pine Ridge to someone, you say Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, a lot of people, we've been, it's been told to us time and time again, that's got to be one of the hardest places to do ministry. That's got to be one of the worst places to do, but no, it's one of the best places to do ministry. 
Because it was easy, everybody would be out here doing it. That's right. You're listening to the Doorways Ministry Network podcast. My name is Rick Shields, and I'm joined on this episode with my friends Gus and Terry Craven, who are the pastors at Eagle Nest Life Church in Wanbley, South Dakota, on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Pastor Gus and Terry feel called to share the gospel with members of the Oglala Lakota Sioux Tribe, where Gus is an enrolled member. So in a place that experiences so much poverty and hardship, and you've just alluded to this, it seems to me it would be an easy place for people to hear and receive the gospel and become followers of Jesus. But you're telling me that's not really the case. Yes, that's correct. When you when you get down to to the the bottom line of of ministry on the reservation, some of these kids come from. We take kids uh, camping in throughout the in the summertime. We take them down in the river. Uh, we call it Camp Noah, and we've been doing it for a long time. Here's an example of we we took kids. And we got an old bus and we haul them down there and and we stay three or four days and we just let them be kids, splash around in the water. You know, we have campfires and s'mores, and we just feed them till they can't eat anymore. And uh, here's the thing. When when we're going down there uh, and they see the river and, you know, they're all excited and everything, the second day you're there, uh, the walls come down a little bit more. And, and about the third night uh, at the campfire, you know, things really begin to get real. And then you got the, the last day you're loading up in the bus. All the old stuff comes back. The happy-go-lucky kid leaves, and the old stuff, because the, the defense system, if you will, comes back up because they know they know that nothing has changed at home. Everything that they left is going to be there. When we get back to get home, everything's going to be there. Many people want help, but they don't know how to deal with the pain, the alcoholism, the drugs. All of that's here, just like anywhere else. But because we live in a rural area, there's no accessibility for success. There's no opportunity. They want to change. They cry. You see the tears. You see the pain. You see the the want and the desire to know Jesus and their lives to change. But we can't save them. Only Jesus can. And so they have to make that decision to really want Christ to be a part of their life. But when they leave our church, they they go back into the same environment, the same people, the same problems, issues. So it's very difficult to be set free. And, And we talked about the parable of the sower and the soil, because we can sow as much seed as possible. But where that seed lands is where it lands. We don't decide what kind of soil it's going to land in. That's a good point. But we have to sow. That's what G, that's what the Lord said. And so we, we're here and we're just doing what he's asked us to do. And we'll stay here until he says, leave, <laughs> you know. Uh, Pastor Gus and Terry, you have initiated some really important ministry projects to make the gospel real among those that you serve. I'd like you to take a couple minutes to give us a brief overview of some of those. Talk to me first about this uh, program where you're doing some life skills. Tell me about that. Uh, the life skills program, we set it up. Uh, the, the Lord said, you know, take them beyond the VBS. So in other words, VBS is good. And, and most of the groups that come in and we're going to do, vac- you know, vacation Bible school. And, and that is awesome. But let's get past the evangelism step. Let's go into the discipleship part. Let's get on something that hasn't been tried before. So life skills. We had a welding program. 
we brought some uh, boys together and some girls, and and we had a. Uh, this has been a several years ago. It was our first one. We had a welding instructor come from Colorado, came up four days teaching them in the classroom, and then we'd go out in the shop. And uh, we had a couple welders donated donated to us, uh, and just little wire welders. And so they got to use hand tools and cutting torches and grinders and all the all the things that are related to metal work. Uh, we got some metal donated, some old well pipe, and we built a loadout chute. We got a few cows, and you can load cattle in a in a horse trailer. And so, you know, that went on. They got a little certificate three or four years later down the line, and they went to a uh, place like where a all these colleges, what is it? A Votech school. A Votech school where these colleges, anyway, they show there, hopefully the kids are going to sign up there and go there. And so this Votech school, and they had a welding uh, division. They were showing, showing all the welding. And this was my wife. She worked at elementary school, so she was pretty uh, exposed to these, you know, the kids and the scenario there. And so, Terry, what did what did she share with you, the teacher of this school? They were walking by the welding area, and one of the kids said, I know how to do that. And she was like, how do you know how to do that? And he said, I went to Pastor Gus's welding school, and I learned how to do that. She was shocked. She was like, did he really come to a welding school? And I was like, yeah, he did. He stayed four days. He, they welded all kinds of things. And so he, he's telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. And you've so done some other life skills too. Some, yeah. some plumbing and yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. We had uh, one guy, he, he, I think he got it from a hardware store, but it was like a kitchen sink. It was set up and then you could turn it around and you could see the backside of the uh, kitchen sink, and he explained how to take it apart, what to do if your sink was leaking. This is what you replace. This is what you do. Uh, we had one last summer. A couple of gentlemen from Colorado came up, and they did one. It's called the Handyman Projects. And basically, it's like if someone were to uh, put a hole in your sheetrock, how do you fix the hole in your sheetrock? Or what do you do with in, in essence, just simple little things like a yard gate on your house fence, and it, maybe it doesn't swing right or something. How do you fix the? And those kind of simple things can convey. Uh, we're hoping that we can get one uh, that would be like, if you will, auto mechanics. Now, let, let's just say for an example, the area you come from, we get a group of people. And here's the thing. I, I, I know this just as well as you and I and Terry are sitting here that we could go to these churches and there are untapped resources, uh, resources yes. that are just sitting in them pews. And here's an example. And they're saying, use me, yeah. use me. But, yeah. but, yet, but yet they're being overlooked because somebody say, well, you know, they, they're retired, they're gray-haired, a little older, they can't. But here's the thing, all of the gifts that they have, we can take, you know, God gave them that. Let's say somebody that's an auto mechanic, let's bring, use that as an example. And they bring their tools, and let's say we get a couple of lawnmowers donated to us. So they take the lawnmowers, put them on a the table. They they show the kids how to tear everything apart, clean everything up, put it into new parts, put it all back together. Could you imagine the sense of accomplishment when that kid reaches mm -hmm. down and pulls that rope, and that lawnmower starts? And that's then he pretty can good. Make, he can and, make money. And then that and that's it. We can teach them to take your lawnmower and go mow lawns. And you five dollars a lawn or whatever it may be, yeah. and then teach them. Okay, you can make money with this thing, and and it goes on to if you will. And here's an example that where where we can teach them biblical principles because 
First of all, mm -hmm. you go to the, the elders and the widows and you mow theirs for free. Mm -hmm. That's because pretty the cool. Bible says, the Bible says you take care of those yeah. elders, the widows. So teach them that, you know what? Yes, you can make money and have an income, but teach them that it's better when you give to start That's with. right. And That's the thing right. is, when we when we have these life skills, we have devotional time. Yes, we have prayer time. Yep. We we teach them the gospel message while we're teaching them how to do something with yep. their hands. And we've done it with the girls too. We've had sugar and spice. We have them come yep. for like four weeks and learn how to read a recipe. And, and at the end, they got certificates and they they made a huge, massive, beautiful supper for their families and invited their families. Yeah. We've done tie blankets. We've sewn pillows. We've painted birdhouses. We've done so much yeah. uh, with life skills. And it works. Yeah. It really works. Now, we can't go away without hearing this story about a few years ago. And some very well-meaning people came from a church and came to the reservation to help paint a house. But there was a problem. What happened? Well, they, they came to us and they said, okay, we're summertime. It's hot. We're standing out here <laughs> painting this house. And it's like, we looked in the window and there's some teenage boys laying on the couch, playing the video games and the air conditioners on. So we know that they're comfortable. And here we are out here. And why is that? And I told them, I said, it's because you're standing out here painting the house. And the bottom line is, is that, yes, let's paint the house, but let's take an extra four hours and let's get them boys involved and let's get them out there and say, OK, we're going to do ABC, XYZ. We'll show you how to do that. We'll teach you how, so on and so forth. You know, it, it uh, Habitat for Humanity set up a, a, a good example of that was sweat equity. And the people would get in the home, but they had to put time involved. And, you know, uh, with that in mind. Take those kids, uh, even if it takes you longer, uh, if nothing more than have them carry your your uh, paintbrush or have them carry Hold your the tape ladder. measure, something. <laughs> and and yet the bottom line is, is that when we begin to do those kind of things and get get the kids involved, get the family involved, say, you know what, uh, what we'd like you to do is cook a, cook a meal for uh, all of our workers and we'll provide the food. We don't want to be a financial burden to you, but we'd like for you to to put on uh, a meal where we can break bread together. And then when that happens, there's an open door right there because then you can teach them about breaking bread together and that, what the Christian principles behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What if we brought an extra oh, couple hundred bucks with us and hired some of those kids to help us? There you yes. go. Bingo. You know? Yes, sir. Do whatever you can. Like we, we tried to do anything. That, that we can to bring the message to the people. And so I would just tell them, just let God be God in your life and follow, take his, his lead. It's like the Apostle Paul wrote, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means, I might save some. The job that we have and the area that we live, you know, it yeah, it's it's sure enough difficult. It's a long ways from uh a long ways from anywhere. But here's the thing. If we can uh convey what he has explained to us and someone even in the in the darkness of night would cry out, then we've done what we're supposed to do. 
Thanks again for listening. I hope you found this podcast to be helpful. Please feel free to share it with others you think may benefit from it. Would you like someone to pray for you? I'll pray for you. And if you'd like, I'll share your note with others who will pray and believe for God to work on your behalf. Drop me a note at info at doorways.cc. Until next time, may you sense God's presence, the love of Jesus, and the grace of the Holy Spirit in your heart, your home, and in your spheres of relationship in the days ahead. God bless you.